Goodbye, puffy jacket. Freezing where y'all are. You warmed me well. Oh my god, it's like in the 30s. There was ice on... Still dog hair on my microphone. Fish filet. We're real good shape today. (laughs) (laughs) I still want to know how dog hair got on the microphone. Start off by singing happy birthday to you. That's as much as I'll sing on oh, yeah, episode 143 of We Were Gamers. Gonna Everyone left the podcast. <laughs> I was going to say you missed an opportunity there to stop it when that's as much as I'll do. And then you could have had the rhyme and be done. It's good. I mean, you can host again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> hit stop take it from the top yeah yep all right welcome back it's episode 143 of we were gamers michael is some amount of years old as it was his birthday yesterday i am a year older Yay. hooray you know uh it's funny i've seen you a few times especially for your birthday recently since we live close and yep. uh there's a bag of amiibos that have been sitting here quite a long time <laughs> keep forgiving you back. I haven't to even me. thought about asking them for them back. <laughs> it's almost like they didn't matter. Ooh, poor amiibo. I mean, the the circles in the dust are going to fill with their own dust without them here, JJ. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's sad in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone had a great week weekend. Since we last saw each other, I'm Andy. Michael's here. Hi, everybody. JJ as well. Hello. We are back with a podcast, multimedia podcast, about boys who grew to men and also then have too many responsibilities to play video games all the time. Don't we know it? (laughs) Sad state of affairs. (laughs) How's everybody? Doing pretty good. Had a fun outing we went on this weekend. Went and saw a college basketball game. That Ooh. was a good time. I nice. like college basketball more than NBA basketball. So I like it better in some ways and less in others. They don't score much? Uh, I mean, they do, but the the pace of play is generally slower, so the overall points are less. Mm-hmm. Um. You definitely see people mess up a lot more. I think the top 10 teams end up like NBA teams where they have their star or two stars. And yeah, you're always definitely. talking about those teams with their stars. And Michael is going to weigh in here because he follows way more college sports than I think either of us. Uh, but beyond that, when you get to smaller teams, it's kind of definitely more of a team game. And that's somewhat more interesting than watching dudes dunk all the time like the NBA. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's. I think col- the college game is more of a team game in general. Um, you know, you you kind of have to do that with the larger talent pool, right? The the NBA gets distilled down to the you know one percent of the one percent, right? And they are right. Very clearly, we want to be upfront here. NBA players are extremely talented and good at what they do. Yes, right. I'm not denigrating uh, them at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> no it's absolutely. Not the NBA isn't good. It's that the... They might be too good. Yeah, because there are 
other less skilled players on the court, it makes the game play differently. Yeah. Yeah, and I think my my biggest issue with the NBA and why I watch a whole lot less of it is that frequently it feels like for anywhere between half to three quarters of the season, depending on the team, a team can just sort of phone it in for three quarters and then show up in the fourth quarter and blow the other team out. Yep. That's, and that's that's not entertaining basketball to me. I like I like the nature of the college game where the players tend to play hard for 40 minutes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if there's a team in this particular game that we saw, each team had a center who was like 6'10". <laughs> okay. And so you but you can game around that where like they have one guy who's crazy, but then you just like you don't go into the like you don't go down low on him so then you're just shooting from the outside and you know threes and stuff so you know it's a it was interesting it was fun uh you know our local san diego state team won so that was great nice well i like our i do i like leading off with our little newsy segment and i think that it's a it's a good time to get into it because there's some big news broke today oh hulu and disney did you hear about oh, i this? haven't heard this <laughs> no Marvel, what? Hulu, Disney announced this morning that they will be airing four separate Marvel series. Marvel's Mod Modoc, Hit Monkey, Tigra and Dazzler, and Howard the Duck. <laughs> they so will... does this confirm that those characters will not show up in the MCU? It, it does. <laughs> they will also get a fifth series after they all get in one series order called The Offenders. Okay. I see what they did there. Who now, is also open to reviving the Daredevil, Punisher, Luke Cage, Defenders, etc. in the future. I have a major question about this. Yes, there are several questions. Yep. Isn't Disney's streaming service launched this year? I don't know I that they've so. said when it launches yet. I think it's supposed to launch this year. But they have not given a date, though. Wouldn't having, like, a megaton of Marvel shows popping off when you launch your service be a good draw. Aren't they going to do that anyway by putting Captain Marvel and then probably Avengers Infinity War 2 on it? I mean, yeah, but you'll have already seen those movies. I'm saying yeah, like Yeah, but didn't they didn't they wasn't there an announcement that there's a Loki series coming? Okay, well, Loki's cool. That's one. I understand. I think I get it. I think that they they bought Fox and Fox has a stake in Hulu. So maybe they need to buoy their Hulu stake so that they can sell it off before they move all these shows again. I mean, Disney has a lot of money. What if they just put money into everything that they own instead of consolidating it? He's He's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't argue with that. I feel like they have enough, but, you know, I mean, I'm not. Not a business guy over here. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> it was an interesting choice of slated shows. Howard the Duck well, might can... have a following, but I'm not sure Hit Monkey. Um, I I was gonna ask. Do they know that Modoc stands for like mechanized organism designed only for killing? I'm sure. Which is, I I'm sure someone has for. has told them. I mean, all these and... animated series say they're for adults. Okay. And Howard the Duck is not going to be for kids. No. Right, no, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> um, Kevin Smith is going to produce that Howard the Duck show, so I'm mildly interested in that. That that feels like a good fit. It could work. I, 
I think Modoc is hilarious as an idea for a character. So I want to see that only because I think that character is too dumb to possibly know the series. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we solved it. I was a little bit confused as to their use of streaming, a new streaming partner other than Netflix. But you're right, JJ. They just don't own a stake in Netflix. And why not put money everywhere? And since you were right, you get to go next. All right. Well, <laughs> my news item is that I believe this week or in a few days, Civilization VI is getting a new expansion called The Gathering Storm, and it is pretty darn cool from what I have seen. Okay, so lay out for us what they added in the last expansion and what they're adding in this expansion, because Civ VI okay. is not Civ V, and it was a very different game. So very true. Uh I think that uh people it, here's the arc of the last couple Civ games, right? Civ 5 releases. Everyone goes, "Man, this game is bad compared to Civ 4 that has all these great expansions." Civ 5 releases its first expansion. People are like, "Eh, it's pretty good, I guess now, but Civ 4 still has all this other stuff." And then Civ 5 releases its second expansion. Like, all right, this is like really good now. People should play Civ 5. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's and very Civ true. Civ 6 seems like it has followed exactly the same path. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, think that it's because of the designers having this plan? Like, I know the designer for Civ 5 ended up leaving there and making his own game, but he had a roadmap of the things he wanted in the game. And they're just like, this is too many systems. We can't put them all in the game. We have to launch and get money. I think that's some of it. I think some of it is like if they could spend another two years making the game, they could put all that stuff in at the start, but then they couldn't charge $60 and it would need to be more, you know, to like cover that extra time or whatever. Okay. So it's, I don't know that I, I don't. Anyway, the expansion coming out of the Gathering Storm adds weather effects. What? Uh that basically like natural disasters and stuff that can happen on your land. So if you plant near a river, it can flood and destroy your improvements or you plant near a mountain, it could turn into a volcano and like destroy the land around it. But then that volcanic soil is super fertile in later years. So you get like bonuses to that stuff, similar with floodplains. Hmm. Um, you know, you can get tornadoes and hurricanes and all sorts of stuff like this that but you know basically going to require you to invest something right because you then have to rebuild the tiles after the natural disaster but they get some sorts of bonuses for it so if you choose you know not to build near the river for that well you're missing out on all those river bonuses uh so that's like an interesting little twist to the sort of strategic layer there uh, it also brings back some of the diplomatic gameplay that has been missing from the series uh, up to this far, at least in Civ Six. One of the weakest parts of the series overall, so maybe this is a good thing to have waited this long? Maybe. Uh, I, I haven't played it yet, so I can't say, but uh, some of the videos and stuff I've watched talk about it pretty extensively. Uh, diplomatic Victory is back now. You can actually win via World Diplomacy declaring you the best. Uh, you can get little favors from people for doing things for them or do, uh, giving them, you know, resources and stuff when they call for aid, that kind of stuff. Uh, and you can cash those favors in to get them to do stuff that you want in terms of policy. Uh, and, you know, a few new races, uh, including the Maori, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, yes. who are really into nature and get bonuses for not developing 
their forests and stuff like that. So like not building factories. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and I think Canada and Norway and a couple other races, I think as well. Please, please just tell me that when you play as the Maori, you can have them do a haka. I don't know. They should though. That'd be pretty that sweet. Is, that is all I want to see. The Maori start on a raft in the water instead of on the land. So you get a, your settler is in the ocean to start the game instead of being on a land tile and then you have to walk around. Well, at least you probably can't get hit. That's that's actually pretty cool because yeah, early game in Civ, no one's on the water. Exactly. So you can get to, you know, maybe you sacrifice a couple turns moving to an island or whatever, but you could potentially be all on your own that way. Also, you know, you can you can see several different squares away of shore. You can pick your favorite landing spot or whatever to form your town. That's cool. That's a neat twist. Yeah. So uh, I'm tentatively interested in it. Uh, it's still the Civ expansion price of $40, which seems kind of like a lot. But also, generally, you end up playing those Civ games for hundreds of hours. So Yeah. Uh, it's Unfortunately, Civ has priced itself for me into that it's got to be the game of the year edition level of thing. I, I love... Yep. And I've put 100 hours plus into Civ Five, but sorry. Well, like, this, is, this is the second expansion, so that Game of the yep. Year edition should be should forthcoming be, yep, here in exactly. maybe six months or so, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, keep a, a lookout for that. Uh, I'm interested in checking it out. I don't know if I'll be diving into it right away, but I'm I'm always curious. I have liked Civ Six. I liked that last expansion they put out. I think it added quite a bit to the game. Uh, so I'm interested to try this out. Uh, it might be a little bit before I get to dive in. Nice. Michael. Hmm. Um, I found one that was interesting. Um, it's not really gaming related, but it does. Uh, I said we were a the, multimedia podcast. Huh? Yes. <laughs> uh, and this is definitely media. Uh, and it touches on some interesting things that you guys discussed, I think, a, a good ways back um, oh. with... Uh, some of the net neutrality stuff. Oh no. Did you guys hear about the plans in Russia to disconnect the entire country from the internet? I mean, is this a real story? Yes, this is a real story. They want their own internet or something. No, no, it's not permanent. So a, there's a law in draft. It was introduced into parliament in December that says that Russian service providers um, should be able to ensure the independence of the Russian internet in the case of a foreign attack, i.e. be able to basically cut ties to anyone outside Russia being able to get into the Russian internet space. So one of the proposals is to run a test and um, sometime before the... Uh, end of March, I think, um, and basically disconnect the entire country of Russia, the entire Russian internet space from the rest of the world. I think people who propose tests like this don't really understand how the internet technologies work. (laughs) It's certainly possible to do what they're talking about. China kind of does what they're talking about. In a kind of in a different way, I guess maybe. Yeah, yeah, in a different way than using, what it sounds like they're asking for. Yeah, they're using physical. 
They're using filtered software to prevent people from accessing things that they don't like. Right, right? using using their their software to filter stuff um, from physical devices, not trying to reinstate right and there's a twist to this there's a twist to this too that says russian telecom firms would have to install some sort of technical means to route all russian internet traffic to exchanges that are approved and or managed by russia's telecom watchdog yeah so this is the thing that i assumed this was actually about which is installing centralized servers under the government's control where they can decide where traffic goes into and out of russia and i think this that to me is the the insidious part of this whole thing it's we you're right that it is weirdly i mean no matter what happens with with the uh fcc decisions in this country um it is tied in a way uh you kind of net neutrality fights here would prevent companies from doing this and then you know since you're kind of boned by what companies are available to you you'd end up with a similar problem where AT&T could just decide what is allowed and what is not um yeah the multinational nature of all of those companies kind of makes what happens in one country very important to what happens in other ones correct although in this case, I don't know how many U.S. firms are operating locally inside Russia. I'm sure it's a non-zero number, but it's probably not like a big number. Many of them would not need Russian internet access, probably. They could afford a satellite link or something. Although, as we found out in China, satellites do not always reach places in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Russia could do the same thing. It's um, cool. It's interesting you brought this up, this timing. Uh, We've talked about net neutrality and the importance of that on previous episodes. I think some of them are literally just titled net neutrality. Yep. Um, And as Michael pointed out last week or the week before, you can use the search function on our website to find those episodes. We did some pretty deep discussion about why the FCC rules that were in place were important to people like us and what we viewed as our stance on that. I think it was... About a month ago now that the courts here said that the FCC had to defend themselves in court. So they started making oral arguments this month, and I don't know how that's going. It kind of hasn't been ruled on or anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the arguments are interesting, but really it doesn't matter until the rulings start coming down. That's probably a few months away, so. Yeah, and then the appeals rulings and all that sort of stuff has to go through, but... 22 states and D.C. are all on the same side and making oral arguments against the current FCC administrators uh, and their decisions. So we'll see how that filters out. It's going to be interesting. Yep. Thank you, Michael. That's uh, it's it's always good to keep things in perspective, I guess. <laughs> yeah, be worse. I, I, I heard that one this morning and just I looked into it more after hearing a, a radio blurb about it because I found it super fascinating. The funny thing to me is that, like, the way the the protocols work, like, all the various routers and stuff that route the traffic around the internet, they just, like, create big tables of where all the other routers are, and they just send the traffic to, like, the closest and best route for whatever thing they're trying to reach, right? Well, so they're saying just, like, hey, man, everything that isn't in this list of things you can't talk to anymore, it's like... But that's not how the traffic works. You could just find it because 
<laughs> still connected. Unless they're physically talking about unplugging cables, in which case they're going to dig in under the ground and <laughs> cut these huge cables. I don't think so. Yeah, and that's how China works the uh, the opposite way, and uh, to to achieve their goal is to say, okay, we know where these things are located. Let's use software on them. Yeah, so that's you know it, but it requires this first step of having a government middleman, you know, between mm-hmm. everyone and the outside. So interesting to see what happens in Russia there in the next uh, little bit. All right, let's pick it back up here. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I could pick it up. I played a video game this week. Uh-oh. There you go. Yeah. Are. It was a well-liked video game from the past year. Okay. Uh and I died a lot playing it uh because it is a very difficult platforming game. Super Meat Boy Forever. No, Super Meat Boy Forever is not out. Oh. But it's it was... called Celeste. Oh. Ooh. I yeah. saw the I saw a little bit of the games done quick Celeste speed run. I don't know what those people are doing because my play does not look <laughs> anything like that. I want to know what they were doing that I'm not because it's that's some stuff. Give the people a little bit of a visual primer here because Celeste yeah. is a intimately visual game for a lot of reasons that we won't spoil here. Yeah, so Celeste is a platforming game. Uh, you play as a uh, red-haired girl who is climbing a mountain. Uh, and it is both literal and figurative. The story of the game uh, involves her and her struggle to physically climb this mountain as well as deal with the mountain of her own personal problems in her life uh, while she is climbing this mountain. And boy, is it hard. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, much like Super Meat Boy, if people have played that game, they stick these little, uh, extra bits you can collect in the various screens. The, in this case, in Meat Boy, I think they were little bandages. Uh, but in this game, they're little strawberries. And man, do they make you work to collect those strawberries, let me tell you. Now, if you collect them and then die, are they still collected? You can... So, the way it works is, if you pick up a strawberry... You then have to generally land on solid ground before you can pick it up, or before it counts as being collected. Okay, so you can't just jump to the strawberry at, on your way to dying and have it count. Oh no, absolutely not! You have to then land, and or, or in some cases land in a specific zone, but generally land back with your feet on the ground. Huh. And sometimes that can be just like, oh, I landed on a like platform that collapses underneath me, but your feet have to touch the ground, and you can't just wall, gla- wall grab or jump off a wall or something. That does not count. game has a jump and then a, a little dashing function that you can activate with a different button, and it kind of the dash can go in any direction, so you can, da- so you can jump and then at any point hit the dash button in a direction and dash upwards or down or diagonally or any of those sort of directions and you can kind of refresh your dash by touching ground again yeah if you touch the ground again uh your dash will refresh uh your hair changes color when you dash to sort of visually indicate to you hey i've already used my dash or whatever oh that's awesome that's that's helpful yeah it's super important when you're doing stuff like jumping through little crystals that then give you your dash back or you know wind is blowing and you can't necessarily tell because the wind is you know snowy Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty good. Uh, 
it, but I cannot emphasize this game is difficult. Uh, I think they have uh, some nice accessibility modes. So if the game becomes too hard, you can turn on some stuff where like maybe uh, you can't die by falling off the bottom of the screen or there's all sorts of uh, you know ways to help you uh, in terms of that stuff, which I think is cool. Is if like sometimes I just don't want to deal with how difficult it is. <laughs> Um, so they help you in those ways if you want it. Uh, in general, I'm playing with that stuff off. I think I died like over 600 times in one level <laughs> or one chapter, I guess. Uh, wow. It's more than a level. But Does it keep track for you? Yes. Oh, no. When you, finish, when you finish the chapter, it lists your death count. Oh, I don't think I would want that. Uh, it's it's kind of cool because it, 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 they play it in a, the game uh, like other kinds of these uh, difficult platforming games. When you die, you respawn again very quickly. The music doesn't restart; it just keeps going. Uh, so you kind of get a you know redo, and then you can see like, hey, you know, I was able to persevere through all of this stuff despite dying six hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> nice, good that you can see it that way. Yeah, I think they even the the loading screen tips and stuff even you know say, hey, your death count is like a badge of pride. You know, <laughs> you you did it. Good job kind of stuff so wear this game yeah they're trying to help you along there sweet so something i did not realize about the game until just very recently is that celeste is not the name of the main character no it is the name of the mountain yeah okay teaser but not a spoiler i guess nice jj played one of the best games of last year michael are you playing one of the best games of next year I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it'll be next year or not. Um, but yeah, so I took advantage of the Steam sale last week uh, and I got myself a couple of games, one of which is still in alpha. Your brave uh, man. It is, yeah, it is a um, I didn't. So I didn't realize when I first went to to pick it up that it was in alpha. Um, because it looked pretty polished, um, and I I came to find out sort of after the fact that it was in an out it was in alpha still um, that it had been kickstarted um, by a studio a little a small studio out of France um, not their first game but they they did kickstart this one um and it's the uh, it's the first time I've ever played a game that is in alpha what is the name of this been, game. Uh, it's called Edge of Eternity. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I've I've been in a couple of betas before, but this is what kind of betas though? Like Blizzard betas? <laughs> no, you know, I don't <laughs> think I have ever done a Blizzard beta, which is basically a point a version point nine nine. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's um, a it's a server stress test for one point oh. Sure. Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, I went and read through some of their Kickstarter. They plan to sort of release the... They likened it to an anime. They're releasing episodes as part of their alpha. So they'll build out a part of the world and more of the story and some additional side quests and release it. And you can sort of progress a little bit at a time through their build so you you know you get more of the story as they expand the world uh and i think they already have the first four of these mapped out for uh over the course of this year 
um, obviously with with more to come. It's it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's an open world RPG. Um, it is turn based combat, not um, live combat. So you are your two characters start. You start out on one patch on a um, what's the shape hexagonal grid. And you can, you know, move in and out of range of your melee attacks and your enemy's melee attacks. Um, you can move back to cast magic so that your turn's not interrupted. That's there are okay. almost uh, no one are, uses hex grids. Yeah. Um, it put me in mind of, uh, JJ, you'll have to refresh me. I don't remember if the combat is this way, but the map is hex grid on Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I don't think the combat is... I think the combat in all those games is is live combat. Yeah, there's like... It, yeah, it's kind of just like running around and hitting buttons and stuff, and then you attack when you're in range or not. It has a lot of things that I like about open-world RPGs. Um, you know, there's tons of collectibles as you're running around. Um, there are the part of the the world that they have built are these giant crystals that litter the landscape. And different crystals actually give you field effect bonuses in battle if you're close enough to them. So there are crystals that heal you, crystals that increase your attack, crystals that shield you from taking damage, um, which is interesting. And then there are also, because a war is going on as part of the storyline, there are there's um, like siege equipment lying around as well. So if you run into an enemy close enough to it, there are um, like electricity crossbows. And that's the one that I've come across that let you fire giant uh, bolts of lightning, basically, at your enemies. Like a medieval Tesla coil. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That's everything I want. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm having fun with it. I just played, you know, a couple of hours into it. Um, cool. But I, I definitely had an alpha moment with it. Okay, before, this is what I was Before we for. move on, yeah. So they pushed on Friday, they pushed a patch. Um, and they, you know, they published the change log telling all the things, um, they were trying to reduce some frame rate spikes that they were having, uh, in the code to make the game smoother. There's a, a setting for the vegetation graphics to make them sharper or less sharp, depending on, you know, how hard you want your computer to work. Uh, and a bunch of other smaller and larger fixes that they pushed. So I launched the game, um, right after the patch and it had completely despawned all of the collectible items on the map and about half of the boulders and trees in the middle distance were now flickering yeah frame rate <laughs> um they flickering said or something else so they pushed a patch um yesterday to fix some of these issues and i haven't oh. i haven't gotten to boot it up to see if my copy is fixed oh. um they said it was part of that that new vegetation slider that they had implemented um that if you at l some lower settings you would get flickering of terrain elements oh so you need to bust up your settings there man apparently i need to turn it up i wonder if it's like oh they were it's like render it no don't render it okay wait re-render it no no don't wait no do no do yeah. not yeah. yeah that's what it sounds like it's happening that's weird alpha Yep. That's yeah. Under construction. Um, 
but you know, if it if it continues down the path it's going, there is more there's more about it that I like by far than what I don't. So perfect. It was cool. uh money definitely money well spent. Well, Andrew, did you replay anything? Sure, yeah. I, we could interrupt. Before. I have a an alpha moment to talk about too. Oh yeah, I okay. Wanna, I love this stuff, but it's not related to the outs. We get yeah, all right. Let's just do it. <laughs> no, no disclaimer. Just launch in. Just, just do it. Uh, Origin. Yeah, it's an EA service. It is a thing that you install sometimes. When you have no other choice. Or uninstall and reinstall <laughs> and uninstall and reinstall. And Did we have some trouble? Change permissions and uninstall and change permissions and reinstall. I don't understand a service that's been out for, God, eight years? At it's least. been quite a while, yeah. How can you not in- just install a game? you got to have the service installed so you can install the game, though. Uh, yes, I've had the service installed for... For a long time, but I have up to date. Yes, because it keeps itself up to date. Oh, you and I, man, don't enable that stuff. Disable that all the time. <laughs> Holy smokes, that's the problem right there. <laughs> um, EA launched a new game this past week called Apex Legends. We didn't talk about it on the last podcast, even though it had just come out because we hadn't, we didn't know anything about it, and we hadn't played it at that. Hadn't point. played it, and I sent out a tweet on our account. I spent over an hour trying to figure out how just to install that game, and it sounds like I was not the only one. Origin is not an easy system to use, I will say. Origin has no good coding in it at all. Okay, that's an exaggeration. No. (laughs) Wow. The guy who put plus one on that variable, you did a bad job, dude. Sorry. Uh, One job. But Install games. Yeah, it's not good, I will say. I'm not a big fan of the origin part. Should we talk about the Apex Legends part? Yes. The champion Uh, mythos. Or the... The name's real dumb. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't think this is a good name for a game. We're going to preface this. This is a podcast. I think the remaining things on this are kind of like a shared experience podcast. JJ and I both tried this out because no one wants to do it alone. (laughs) The naming conventions are dumb. I have played some games solo and had more fun together. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) The naming conventions are dumb because, yes, they call characters two different things. You're a legend, but also you're a champion. You're the the apex legend, which is the top legend, which means that you're the, the legend legend. But you could also, in theory, not be a legend, but you could be in the apex. And there are champions of the legends. And those are the best legend. <laughs> it's they man, they really did a thing naming it this. It's sure. Yeah. It, naming cluster. And uh the weapons are also a naming cluster. Man, I you and I played for what, a good two hours two almost? Hours. Hour and a half, two sure. hours? Yeah. This is the new hotness. If no one has heard about this. It's a battle royale game, which it's, is popular yeah. with the kids. It's it's it sure is the the streaming darling because it came out and um Ninja and all the big Fortnite players and all the ex Call of Duty players and a whole bunch of ex Overwatch players have all jumped on and it is 
it was paid the first couple days it was out. EA threw some money down and said, hey, people go play this for money. And since then, they got enough people to watch their streams that way that they have continued to hold the top spot over Fortnite with concurrent streams on Twitch. Uh, like JJ said, it's a Battle Royale game, but unlike the previous iterations of Battle Royale, you are not in a third-person mode, although I guess the Call of Duty Black Ops Blackout mode first is first-person. Yeah. Um, which is Activision's Battle Royale. This game is also free, I guess that's worth pointing out. This game so- is Free mostly, like, yeah. Like Fortnite, but unlike uh, Blackout, call it Blackout, right? The two PUBG. big ones, I guess. PUBG not free either. Uh, I guess PUBG is still one of the big ones outside of the U.S., but no longer in the U.S. I think it still has a decent size market, but yeah, I'm not, not downselling really, it. Not the market, yeah, sure. Like we talked about <laughs> BattleTech for more episodes than um, we probably should if we were talking market cap of that versus PUBG. But thankfully, yeah, we don't do that on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think my experience playing this game is drop in, run around, grab things frantically, get shot in the face, and die in about a minute maximum, and then repeat. Yeah, I think that's what happens when you're the jump master. I look. I don't understand how to play this game. <laughs> you have to play the game in teams. Uh, no matter what yeah, you do, true. you cannot play no solo. solo. I guess you could play solo by just you will lose piecing on your team, playing teams, and not, <laughs> not staying near them and jumping on your own. Uh, I don't know why you would do that because everybody else is running around in teams. Yeah, it's a bad idea, and there's no team damage, so you don't lose anything by staying near your team. The one only thing I learned in playing this game is that every weapon you pick up is the Mozambique, and the Mozambique sucks. <laughs> there was an article about that. It's the only thing I learned playing this also, game. Also, like I said, the naming conventions really stink. It what really is a Mozambique? Is like, Who knows? I don't like have time to look at it because if I stop to look at the stats, I'm dead. It's <laughs> like a pistol-like shotgun thing, I guess. I don't know. It's terrible because every every weapon I try to pick, because I have no idea what any of the weapons are. I just run around spamming the pickup button yeah. and grab everything that I see. Sure. And then there's about four different types of Point every- them at people and then realize after I fire the first shot that this is a shotgun and that guy's way over there and now I'm dead. Yep. And there's no way to tell based on the visual model. Half the guns look the same. Yeah. It, there's like, you know, oh, this is a smaller looking gun. So it's probably like a, pistol, a pistol maybe. But then some of the pistols <laughs> are shotguns. Some of the things that look like shotguns are the longest range sniper rifles in the game. Yeah, or like this one looks like an assault rifle, but actually it's a machine gun. Or it's also a shotgun because if you hit the other button, it changes fire modes. Also, there are fire modes. Yeah, this game is a lot. My finger cramped trying to slide around the map because apparently sliding is good. Sliding is fun. I actually think that's my favorite part of way to move in this game. You just hold down the run button and then constantly tap the slide button to slide around. That's pretty cool. I still get shot in the face really fast, but like it, it feels cool while you're doing it. <laughs> At least you look cool. While you're oh, doing it's, you do not look cool. Wrecked. Oh, you look very cool. You do Trust not me. look cool. They do. They go down on their knees and they look like they're doing a soccer slide. Dude, that's the best part. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's it's like, really ridiculous. It's like everyone has scored a goal constantly, and they're just yes, like, goal as they're sliding around on their knees constantly. It's, it's like really the stupid. it's like that commercial where the guy just keeps sliding. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Slides it, out the stadium and down yeah. the street yes. into the pub. And yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, Man, there's a lot to talk about in that game just from trying it for two hours. But surely 
I hope that they're doing matchmaking and it looked like they were because we were not in very many matches with people that were champions that were better than us. Uh, statistically, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, skill level wise, we cannot be near the top. It's of the impossible. 20 teams that were playing in that game, I think we maxed out at top 12. And that was when I jumped us to the far side of the map so we could actually read stats. Yeah, I, I think if you want to play that game hiding for the first, like, <laughs> two-thirds of the match is a good idea. Just, like, grab some stuff, stay in the circle, and then just stay in a building and hide. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, PUBG style, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know that you that helps you actually get any good at the game, but oh, at certainly least it doesn't. will let you, like, walk around and figure out, like, what are these attachments and, like, should I oh, yeah. have a scope on this gun? Because we forgot oops, that part. Why did I put a scope on this shotgun? That's dumb. Why does it even let every, you do this? Every gun has like five slots for things you can put on it. I think it's 30 slots, but yes. I definitely had like a Famous or a P90 style thing that they, of course, named something else. Yes. All of them have dumb names that are impossible to figure uh, out what is what. That had four or five slots on it for like a stock, a barrel, a clip adjust all adjustments and you can find different uh, and you're supposed to all learn all this when you you know run around a corner and there's a guy there already yeah it's kind of a lot there is a training mode that i found no uh, and you yes after we said there was no training mode there there is well <laughs> it's a the training mode doesn't let you do very much you could pick up the guns and shoot them that's about all you can do okay so I guess you could go in there and, like, learn the names of the guns and how they shoot and stuff if you wanted, but that's, like, not... You're not playing the game. You're shooting at stationary targets. That would still help a little bit. It doesn't teach you anything about any of the attachment stuff, though, so don't expect uh, any of that. <laughs> like, what you need. Um, let's see. Today is Monday. We record on Monday the 11th. As of Monday the 11th, EA says they have 25 million players. It's pretty good when you're yeah, I mean, you know, your game costs literally no dollars. You can pay for two added legends right now. They say they're going to add a battle pass, and it looks like they'll keep adding different things each season. So you would assume they have a battle pass every season after this season, and then add a new legend next season, and then they would add a battle pass and a legend, you know. Um, yeah, seems like they're doing a real live game thing with this, which well, is hopefully, cause cool. You have to keep up with Fortnite, so... In terms of that stuff, I don't get a bead on how much staying power it has. I don't understand. People certainly like it a lot right now, but it's hard to say if they will continue to like it a lot a month from now or not. Yeah, the, will the luster fade? Yeah. One of the things about Fortnite that seems to have grasped people was the third person in cartoonish ridiculousness of that game where they would just add crazy stuff all the time and they're you know the say what you want about the dances but the dances were a huge thing and like well and definitely they they had a lot of fun with their own game right they're like ah oh, yeah like we're making it so that this area of the map everyone just jumps like at quadruple height while you're here right just how this game is built i don't know how that works i mean but I suppose anything is possible if they really want to. Also, you do but, already jump ridiculously high in this game. Yes. there's all, You can far. jump way higher than you think you can in this game. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you kind of climb stuff, too. So if you, like, jump 
against a wall and you hold jump, then your guy kind of scrambles it. I guess yeah, as you can jump up like there are women. Yeah, you can sort of jump up your like a two story building, even though it seems like you should not be able to make that jump, but you totally can. Right. Well, you're a legend after all. You're the <laughs> the legend. They're the apex of legends, or I don't. Man, the naming is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't have like apex, peak, legend, top of the mountain, whatever crest. What other top this, of the mountain things can we come up with? You could be the summit champion. This, the apex summit champion legend. <laughs> Terrible. The names are just so generic, man. You could yeah. just like substitute the, any two synonyms for that and it would still sound the well, same. Even the, I, and I don't mean to knock the character designs that they chose because I think the designs are actually pretty good. But like even the names are kind of just sort of bland. Like Mirage and his or her power is that she disappears and bloodhound and he is a tracker and gibraltar has a giant shield yeah but then not all of them are totally boring like that the robot chappy guy has a zip line which is pretty cool i mean he's the most interesting one but his name yeah, is, is pathfinder <laughs> uh one of the people calls down a thing and then has a bunch of loot in it that's kind of sweet Okay, my favorite character so far, I think. The, she's the healer. The lifeline yeah. one? Yeah, the yeah. healer one. Mm -hmm. That one's pretty good. I think I like that one, and I like Gibraltar. I guess they're I'll, like call signs a little bit, but some of the names are a little on the nose. Go yeah. figure. <laughs> I I wish I could play the offensive ones more so that I could actually use their abilities to see if I like them, but I feel like I die so fast that I never get a chance to use half the abilities on people. I used that so smoke. It was fun. I have fun. no idea if I like them. Throwing smoke everywhere was great. All right, shared <laughs> experience number two. Number speaking two. Of, literally number two. Speaking of scenes where you slide around on your knees for too long. Uh-huh. Uh, JJ, I think we both saw the same movie over the weekend. Yeah, we did. Was everything awesome? Everything was not awesome. That's an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> <laughs> but it works out in the end. It does. Uh, the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Michael and I uh, both saw this past weekend. Uh, and you know what? That movie is pretty good. Is it yep. an actual second part, or is it more like a second story? Because this doesn't seem like there was anything to continue. Like, obviously, Legos are still persistent, and you can come up with more stories for Legos. Because um, they're made of plastic, and they're around forever. But it seemed like at least the exterior story with Will Ferrell and his son and all that uh, were done. Uh, it picks up immediately following the end of the first movie. Wow. Like. The scene at the end of the first movie is the beginning scene of this movie. Yeah, where the Duplos show up. Yep. Okay, okay. But uh, same same household, same characters, all that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah, different, different external story, but in the same house. Okay. Yeah, and they do a good thing. because. So, I had some trepidation going in to see this movie because the first Lego movie did such a good job with that turn of revealing that, like, actually there was a guy outside of it and it was all taking place in this kid's imagination. Well, and the and, relationship with the dad, and that's why the story and the craggle. And, right, right. Right. And knowing that twist going into this movie, you're like, they can't do that again. 
that's like the whole movie. What do they do here? But they made a great job. They did a great job of making a good movie when you already know that that's what's going on in the outside, like the real world, you know, compared with the Lego world. Uh, I thought it was really fun. We had a good time with it, too. Um, I think we still prefer the first movie. I think I agree with that. Um, but that that doesn't take a whole lot away from the second one. Yeah, it's definitely good seeing in its own right. And like it smartly does stuff with the characters. They have new arcs. It's not the same arc again. Um, yeah. And do, yeah, it's it's fun. Do they factor in any of the side movies like Batman side movie? Do you have to have seen that or anything like that? Because I watched it, but it would be weird. Lego mm-hmm. Batman gets a mention. Okay. Yeah, but not you don't have to have seen it to get yeah. the, the reference. It's played for like a joke, and I think it was pretty good, actually. Okay. The, the things that they do reference to make jokes on, they, they riff on a lot of pop culture, and there is some fantastic stuff. That's kind of what they did the first time around, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. They even do a good riff on themselves because that, you know, that everything is awesome. Uh, even Michael referenced it. Uh, that song that was very popular from the first movie. They make a good meta reference to that song in the movie as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I don't even want to spoil for you because it is so very good. I think if you like that first movie, you can see this one without reservations and you'll have a good time. I would put the first movie in a category of movies that kids can watch, but is actually mostly for adults. Maybe. Yeah, there's definitely, as an adult, you definitely get a lot more out of the jokes, I think, than kids do. But it's definitely, like, kids aren't going to dislike it. Same same here with the second one, then? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, I was laughing at several points in that theater, and there were, like, it was, like, me and my wife laughing and maybe no one else. Yeah, we <laughs> we definitely had those moments, too. It's like, oh, the, the kids are laughing at different stuff. Oh, all right. The, uh... I yeah the music is good the music is good in this one as well yes they did a great job with the music once again and uh there are certain songs that have been stuck inside my head and there's <laughs> nothing I can do about it yeah Ear, earworm it's lit- there's one song that is literally called the catchy song yes they just earwormed you on purpose yes the song tells you what it's gonna do and then it does it <laughs> it's, it's actually a plot point uh speaking of things that are gonna do what they're gonna do ahead of you know what they're gonna do ahead of time uh, michael you reminded me about a show that i had kind of forgotten about a little bit this past weekend okay hot ones oh web series great show yes, yes it is if anybody hasn't seen it they have a youtube channel called first we feast i think i think that's right and uh, they have a show on there called hot ones where they interview celebrities while they eat hot wings. Progressively hotter hot wings. All the way up into the millions of Scovilles, which is the scale of how hot hot wings can get. Yeah, it's good. I wanted to uh, thank you for reminding me to watch that. Because, man, some of the newest ones, they just added Gordon Ramsay to there. JJ, have you seen that one? I have not yet. It's on my list of YouTube that I need to catch up on. I- it is. It is pretty phenomenal. Nice. I've never seen someone take a lemon juice bottle and a lime juice bottle and not as a joke squirt them both into the mouth like a super soaker before what yeah okay well it's moving up 
very rapidly <laughs> towards the top of that list. I think I, I think I sold it to Andy when I told him about it that one of the best parts of watching it is that he is trying to be very composed Gordon Ramsay for the interview and the fact that he's being asked all these questions about his career and his life. And, and, and because his kids told him to advice. come on. Right. And his, his kids encouraged him to come on to this show and, and Oh man. So he's trying to play it this. for his kids and then he's not able to hold it together. And the, as it goes on, angry Gordon just wants to come out <laughs> more and more. <laughs> Oh man, okay, I'm gonna watch this soon. Uh, yeah, I, I thank you for reminding me because I hadn't really gone through new episodes since Key and Peele were on that show. Yep, and there have been some great ones since then. Alton Brown was very good that you recommended. Uh, he was very, uh, very critical. Yes, and I, I love that he just sort of stays his his composed self the whole time. I know we're not experienced interviewers. The interviewer um, seems like he is constantly starstruck. And trying to get across very good, but also somewhat maybe too complicated questions for people like Jack Black who get in there and are like combating millions of Scovilles. And they're just like, I don't know, man. I, I can't answer that question right now. My stomach feels like it's going to fall out. I can't know? breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've heard that the Weird Al one is really good. Did you know that those... um those yellow Mexican peppers that you get at like In N Out, etc., have an actual name. It's not banana peppers. No, those are actually different, like uh, peppers. Those little yellow ones you get are called cascabella peppers. Huh. I didn't know I like that. those quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Just you know, banana peppers are also a pepper. Yeah, I just sure. thought they were just little baby banana peppers, but now that I know that they're not, I'm gonna go see if I can buy those. I like them. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Uh, let's get chopped chilies on your in and out fam. That's you should the best thing to do. Always straight do up, straight up, best addition you can make to your hamburger at In and Out is fried mustard, no pickle, with chopped chilies. Ah, eh, I'm a, I'm in for the pickle, but like add the chopped chilies for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's leave the pickle out of this argument <laughs> because. Well, well, Andy, we could we could almost fill a podcast with the complexity of your In and Out order. It's like a page. Sometimes I write it down. <laughs> And just hand it to them. I get it cut in half, guys. That's so much. You can get it done. <laughs> I'm just saying. I believe you. I <laughs> I don't trust the in and out worker. I feel like they're overworked already, and I don't need to add to it. I can just get my hands messy. It's fine. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm, I actually fell on that one because of necessity of okay. eating with one hand with small people that also needed my other hand. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I get that. But the rest of the order has nothing to do with that. <laughs> right. That was the part I assumed. And they will not do monkey style, just so you know. No, they have uh, they have gotten rid of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I ever knew what that was. Fries in your burger? Okay. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever needed that. I'm not sure fries anybody Fries in a burrito, that. I'm down with fries in a burrito. Cal California style burrito? Cali style. I don't need them in a burger. You guys yeah. are making me hungry and I've already had dinner. <laughs> I want to throw some shade at somebody real quick, though. Ooh, good way to end it. Let's do it. End yeah. it? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or not. We're, well, I guess we're done. See you later, <laughs> we were gamers. <laughs> no, uh, real quick. The YouTube app on Switch, not good. I tried to, I was in bed and I already had my Switch in my hands for a different reason. 
And I was like, I'm going to watch this Hot Ones show. And I hear there's an app on here I can do it with. Yikes. You could do it with it technically, but maybe should you don't not ever want to. No, unless you know exactly what you want to watch. Don't touch it. Don't do it. I promised um, I wasn't going to talk about Smash, but since we're talking about my Switch. <laughs> and this podcast, I'm sorry, just has to end now. All of a sudden. <laughs> Hold on. Throwing shade was a good way to end it. Oh. <laughs> All right. We'll give Andrew the smash minute here. He's smash minute. 60, okay. 60, 60 seconds. seconds on the clock. Here we go. Started already. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> take it. Uh, smash 2.0 came out. They did really, really good patch notes. So I want to give them props for that. The tournament uh, this past weekend that came out was the North American Open. And they had ridiculous games with items on and i quite like items on but people in the professional community don't but you should go watch those vods because d1 and something nine not cloud nine whole nine grains maybe was his name uh are extremely good commentators and if you want to know anything actually about smash and how it works they are really good teachers for that the piranha plant is ridiculous (sighs) And I made a discovery about the spirit board and how it works, but I need more than 60 seconds for that. So will you give me another one? I don't know. Michael, does he need a second minute? (laughs) I mean, he only used 50 seconds of the first one, so go for it. I've never discovered something in a game before, and I was really proud of myself. The way that they programmed how you get to fight new spirits in that game makes a lot of sense. uh, Because it's doing a checksum on your inventory. So it's like, oh, he doesn't have that spirit in his inventory. We need to give him that on the spirit board. The problem is that they also added uh, spirits to the game that upgrade themselves. So you level them up and then they're no longer in your inventory because you've um, enhanced them beyond and they become a new spirit. So then when you're trying to get new spirits off the spirit board thing and it does the checksum, it throws you the less or the more common spirits that are no longer in your inventory. And then the less common spirits don't come up on the board until you re-inventory the ones you've already done. Not good. So the lesson is never upgrade anything. Until, until you, you have got all everything. the base level. Yeah. It's PSA. Uh, don't enhance your spirits until you clear the spirit board out. Just so you know. Also, JJ, we made a good I- good call not to play that Star Trek game. Yeah. They just added Steve Aoki to it. All right. We made the correctest call. <laughs> if people disagree with that, where should they send their messages? You can send that message to podcast at wewergamers.com and we will ignore it because we are made the right choice already. There's nothing to discuss there. But if you want to talk about anything else, we will happily hear. Uh, you can also get at us on social media. We're at We Were Gamers on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Uh, follow us on all those platforms. Follow us. Uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever fine podcasts are. And we're also on YouTube. Uh, get on there and subscribe to our podcast uh, videos, and they will be uh, all of the new ones will be up there, and we'll get the the archives up slowly but surely. Definitely give us a subscribe on there. That would be a uh, big help. I thought you were really into Steve Aoki's music, JJ. 